Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show today. We are going to be talking about a bit of a tricky topic, past relationship clutter. So... That's the kind of thing, if you've ever found yourself making the same mistake over and over in relationships, or maybe not even making a mistake, but having some kind of behavior that you think is unhelpful, and that shows up again and again, either in romantic relationships or ones with friends or family, sometimes you can see it happening and do it anyway. And other times you're completely oblivious to the fact that it happens. So to give you an example, it might be that your pattern of behavior is to push people away when they get too close. That could be an example of past relationship clutter. And we also quite often will use the term baggage when we talk about it. Do you use that at all, Beck? Talk about people and their baggage that they bring to a relationship? Yeah, I've definitely heard that phrase before. And I don't know much about this stuff. And you, you know very well because when we're not recording I've told you how little I know about this (laughs) and how I'm not going to be contributing a great deal in this episode because I kind of feel a little bit completely ignorant on on this particular topic so and for some reason not curious about it so I might get curious as you're talking but it's just something that I've I just don't even get into. So yes, I definitely have heard of this talked about before and uh, I just don't know whether I've experienced it myself and maybe I have and you might help me see that. I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, well, quite often past relationship clutter or baggage is a feeling or it could be a behavior and it usually comes up because there's some kind of unresolved issue from your past and you kind of carry that from relationship to relationship and it shows up again and again. Some people feel like it's a physical weight that they have to carry with them. Or like I said, you can be completely unaware of it. So usually it comes up because there's been some kind of perceived level of threat to your security. And when you think, you know, back to cavemen days or whatever, when people were um, with a tribe and if they wandered off from the tribe and were on their own they'd get that feeling of not just emotional insecurity but physical uh, insecurity because they were um, isolated and on their own so that reaction stays with them so in future if they feel themselves wandering off they know to head back with their tribe and the same thing comes up um, you know with physical threats and things like that your mind elicits an emotional reaction And then quite often your body has a bit of a physical reaction to a scenario. And then that sticks with you to prevent future threats so that you learn from your mistakes. Um, The problem is these days, our, our threats, we have those same physical reactions, even if we're in a social scenario and the perceived threats stay with us and the memories of that. And we have this kind of physiological response to situations even though our security is not necessarily in danger. So I just thought, I just noticed a parallel there when you were talking about how it is an old part of our brain um, that we have evolved with that protects us from danger. And even though right these days it comes in at uh, less dangerous times um, and maybe some inappropriate times. And we talk about that a lot with physical clutter 
about how our fear of scarcity or something like that then causes us to keep things. So we have the same mechanism working in our brains with physical clutter as we do with um, past relationship clutter as well. Yeah, I, I think that's perfect parallel. That is an, it's a nice way to understand it as well. And for most of us, it's not really an issue until it is, you know, until it, you see this start mm. cropping up and like the clutter, um, having a bit of excess is not an issue until it starts impairing you. And that mm. um, relationship clutter, the same thing. It, it, the same. it doesn't yeah. become an issue to start with or to carry some of that kind of almost muscle memory to scenarios until it starts affecting your friendships and affecting your relationships. There's a, there's also a bit of a threshold. So like with physical clutter, it gets to a point where it kind of tips you over and it impairs your ability to function in your home as you would wish. The mental clutter as well, the relationship clutter can impair your ability to move forward in your relationships and people's threshold differs. So some people with physical clutter really can't tolerate a lot but some people can tolerate heaps before it becomes a problem. Same with relationships. Like we talked about with your experience that you're really good at closing things off and moving on quickly where other people might have a similar experience to you in a relationship and carry that baggage and that hurt and the issue with them for the rest of their lives. So there's no kind of one size fits all here. Hmm. So what would be... Will be an example, uh, like a real world example that people can perhaps use to help them identify where they might have some. Okay. Well, so I will um, get a bit vulnerable here and give you an example from my own life. So when I was young, I had a best friend through primary school. She also lived just down the road from me and we were pretty much joined at the hip and we used to walk to school together, ride our bikes together, spent weekends together. After school, we played together. And I was very, I guess, maybe naively secure in that relationship. I guess I never had contemplated my life not ever being like that. I was, you know, 10 or Mm. whatever. And it felt like she'd always been there and she would always be there. And then her dad got a job in a different part of Australia and they moved away and they, that all happened within about six weeks Mm. of finding out. And then she was gone. And I remember feeling heartbroken at the time and I felt really blindsided. I felt like it was, I don't think I had any empathy for her and what she was going through. It just felt like this had happened to me. And I didn't realize it until a lot later down the track, but I've never really allowed myself to have one single best, best friend since then. So I've always had a lot of close relationships and I've had some really lovely friendships and beautiful friendships that are quite deep, but never to the point where if I was in a crisis, there was a really obvious single first person on my list to call. There would be a handful. Mm. Um, And... And I maintain that to this day. And it's only kind of when I reflect on that, I think I remember at that point, I remember going to school after she'd left and thinking I had heaps of acquaintances, but no obvious person to hang out with at recess or lunch Mm. because this one girl was my entire world. And so I think that for me, 
I've kind of carried that through high school, through uni, through workplaces and um, all of adulthood that I kind of surround myself with lots of good friends rather than putting all my eggs in one basket, if you like. Mm. And so that relationship clutter is not, for me, it's not terrible. It's not a, a terribly bad thing um, or an unhelpful thing. But there are times when I think, oh, I just, I feel like I need to talk to one person about something I'm going through. And I kind of am like torn about who my first person should be to call because I don't have an obvious single point of call I have like my first five my best five yeah kind of you're thing. in a in a circle yeah and and those of my closest friends they're not even necessarily friends with each other they all come from different aspects of my life I have that so too <laughs> it can yeah. be inconvenient <laughs> and then the other part of that is um I guess our life in the military really fuels this fire Mm. because we were moving regularly it was really easy to set up in a new place I would make friends easily pull those people close and then we'd move again and those people would kind of float to float to the outer circles and I'd pull the next group close and Mm. so although I've had friends good friends that I've had for a long time that have you know always been there for me they kind of drift in and out depending on where I live so although this isn't a therapy session for me, which would be lovely if we just went and unpacked all of that. But I guess that's an example of, yeah. for me, that, that one instance when I was 10 has been clutter that I've carried through my friendships for the rest of my life. Yeah. I wonder if I just have, I have it, but I just never recognised it before. Because when you were talking about that example, I remember I was the same in primary school. I had a best friend and, and, you know, we were we were very tight and it was pretty much just the two of us most of the time. And I remember when we got a bit older, we had an argument and she stormed off in the middle of school, at the middle of lunch. And I still remember standing in the corridor and thinking, what do I do now? Like, I don't have mm-hmm. anyone yeah, and I, I still remember that, and um, and it was really quite interesting, and and I, I think I wandered off and I you know found someone else to to have lunch with or something, but that feeling immediately was, what do I do now? Like I'm I'm on my own, and it wasn't easy for me at all. Yeah, well, see, I can look at friendships that I had during high school and points where I became really really close with one friend, and then it's like I'd put my head up and look around and go, hang on. I'm, I'm falling into the same trap so mm. I would pull back oh, yeah. and then and I remember a friend challenging me on that like well, what's happened we've gone from like hanging out every weekend to now I only see you once a month and it's like oh just that's just how I am and I kind of didn't have the words to articulate it then but yeah. I used to have this physical feeling of I'm going too far yeah. in one direction with one friend I need to spread myself out and for me it even shows up with my kids like when my kids get really close with one person I, I will catch myself saying to them you've got to ah. make sure you have lots of friends in your class because if they're away one day you don't want to yeah. be like have no one to hang out with or if you don't get put in the same dorm with them on camp you know you've got to, you can't just have one good friend you've got to have lots of good friends so that you don't ever feel isolated so now I've just like passed my baggage <laughs> to my children <laughs> Uh, uh, that's interesting, isn't it? 
Mm. All right. So, well, um, we'll let you, you know, step away now and <laughs> <laughs> away from the therapy couch and you can yeah. teach us a bit more instead. Yeah. So I guess, so that's an example and there's heaps of these kind of things. So um, you could have baggage that comes from dysfunctional relationships with your parents or your siblings. And I guess it's quite obvious when there's things that happen in childhood that really stick with us they can quite often because that's our first model of what family life is like or what relationships are like quite often we can take that with us into the future Um, so it could be something like unhelpful stories about your worth or your ability you could have you know parents that when you were young were saying oh you could you could never do this without me or you need me like aren't you happy that I'm here to help you otherwise you you never would have got through this trial or this exam or this whatever and then you kind of carry that into your future so you you let your parents or you allow your parents to be over involved in your life through your adulthood because you have this understanding that you can't do it without them could be language and respect from siblings and the way that you treat each other and then you carry that into new relationships you know maybe you get married and then that becomes baggage that you play out with Mm. siblings in law you know Um, it could be financial baggage um, that you get from your your parents or a codependency and then that stuff you can carry into new relationships and bring stress or it brings turmoil or miscommunication because that's what was modeled when you were young and you kind of have not unpacked it all when it comes to part like romantic relationships and partners some of the baggage can step from you know trust issues or control issues those Um, are the ones that pop up in my head mostly when I think about yeah um, past relationship clutter is the big things that hurt so abuse and um, infidelity and those kinds of things that are difficult to heal from and that you are then often triggered into certain behaviors that mirror behaviors relating to that past relationship and um, so that's I usually think of those sort of traumatic kind of things that follow you into the next relationship. Yeah, and because if someone's been um, cheating on you in a relationship and it's really hurt you, the relationship's over, you move into the next one, you can find yourself in a position where you're like micromanaging mm. that relationship or becoming really inquisitive. Yeah, hypervigilant. Controlling. Yeah. yeah. And then, and you know, and the thing is that relationship could be perfectly healthy and functional, but because you bring to it this previous baggage mm. where you're always – questioning or accusatory towards your partner about where they've been why they're late um that kind of thing it can actually completely derail that normal healthy functional relationship because you bring to it this this lens or this filter from your past yeah and you can see why like you know oh completely that's absolutely makes sense to you know if you've been hurt once that you would be on the alert again you know to to try and prevent that happening again um but yeah like you said you know it can be it can tip over into unhelpful yeah um another thing that quite often shows up as clutter which we don't really think of we think of the um romantic relationship and we think of the infidelity and that kind of stuff but when people have a lack of self-love or a lack of self-awareness and that can stem from any period in your life um if you still carry that 
it can be really tough to have a, a really healthy relationship. Quite often people find it hard to let others love them when they are kind of unable to love themselves. Mm. And that usually manifests in things like um, people stop uh, having any sense of self outside the relationship. They define themselves by who they are with and what they do together. They Or people might keep their guard up if they're not willing to be vulnerable with other people because they don't actually know their authentic self. They've never taken the time to become self-aware um, or accept themselves. So they really they find it really hard to put themselves out there for other people to accept. So that kind of thing can, can pop up occasionally as well. So that um, lack of vulnerability is a really big one because that puts up those walls and they're really hard to to knock down or allow to come down yeah and and it's it kind of goes either way you can keep yourself at arm's length because you're you're lacking that self-awareness and not prepared to be um, your authentic self because you're worried about acceptance or whatever or you can go so far to the other extreme where you become completely codependent on that person and will avoid conflict at any cost because you don't want to stand up for your opinion because you don't know yourself or trust yourself to be happy without that person or with it, with you know being outside of that relationship oh, so yeah. it can really those kind of things they're all like one percenters but mm. when they weed their way into your relationship and they start adding up it can just create this tension or this underlying unhelpful behavior um so it's i think half the battle is identifying them and Mm. so I guess I want to go through a few ways that we can avoid letting this kind of clutter and baggage affect our new relationships and because we probably all carry stuff from our childhood or from our past um, so without being able to do that men in black thing where you know they come (laughs) and do their little buzzer and wipe your entire memory you've got to learn how to function even though you've got some of that baggage So the first place I'd probably start is trying to look at your new friendships, your new relationships, whatever it is, um, with a clean slate. So for some people, it can be really helpful to include a new environment or a change of scenery. If you were, if you lived with a previous partner and they were unfaithful and then they moved out and you've stayed in the same place and your new partner comes home to that house, sometimes it can just feel like you're reliving the past. So Mm. sometimes, and you know, not everyone's in a position where they can just move house to (laughs) get a clean slate, but it could be something that you don't frequent the old restaurants that you used to go to with your old partner. Like you don't, you don't go on the same walking trails. You find new ones with your new partner. Mm. Um, So you kind of stop beating a, a track down the old path. You find a new path. And sometimes for people, that actual physical change of scenery can really help it feel like a clean slate rather than I'm in the same rut with a different person, Mm. you know. I know someone that needed to do that. She moved cities entirely, moved states, because she just couldn't cope with seeing it all every day. She just needed, you know, something new. So, yeah, she moved moved across, across to a different state. And for some people there are things that will trigger them like locations and, Mm. um, you know, people or whatever it is. And and so a clean slate can be really helpful. 
one thing that's probably easier said than done is acceptance of the past. So you've got to kind of identify the past and realize that you can't change it. And forgiveness is a word that's thrown around a lot. Forgiveness is not so much about the other person as it is about yourself. Forgiveness is one of those things which is uh, probably easier said than done as well, but um, it's not so much about forgiving the other person. You don't necessarily forgive someone for them. You do that for yourself. If you forgive someone's action or their language, you kind of free yourself from having to drag that around. So there's a whole lot of work you can do on forgiveness to try and um, start with a bit of a clean slate. I find forgiveness really tricky. I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking about someone who had forgiven uh, someone for doing something awful to their family member. And my first thought was, I wouldn't forgive them. And then that got me thinking about why I can't forgive and why everyone else does. And then I thought, but hang on a second, I actually don't hang on to stuff from the past. Maybe I do forgive. I'm thinking like forgiveness could be a whole episode here because it's really interesting. And I'm thinking I don't actively forgive, but I actively let go and I wonder if they're kind of the same thing at a at an emotional level. I don't know. Yeah, potentially. I mean, for those of you listening, Beth and I were talking before this episode about whether she had any examples that she could kind of contribute. And we discovered that she's really good at putting a full stop after her, I was going to say your issues. I'm not <laughs> saying that you have issues, but, you know, relationships. relationships, yeah. Any relationships yeah. that have ended, um, I... I have put full stops on them, some out of necessity. You know, you, you, you know, I had a relationship with someone who was less than uh, safe to be around, so that was a a, necess- a necessary full stop. But then there are others that have, you know, I've had friends that have ended the relationship, and it hasn't really been my choice, and so the I've had to put my own full stop on that, and I actually, I actually have, and um, I'm not quite sure why why I can do it relatively easy and but but I do yeah yeah and that compartmentalizing is I guess it could be considered forgiveness or it could be just for your own sanity that you Mm. put that relationship in a box and tuck it away so that it doesn't keep coming up and affecting you Mm. Um, what I've tried to do is I've got I've had I had a couple of friends see their friendship with me and I had a look I thought it seemed to be at the time irrational on their part mm-hmm. and I thought about it and I thought well there's there, there must be something that I there must have been something that I was doing wrong or, or whatever and I did look at that and whatever information I could get out of those people one of the people was one of them um was good she she did explain sort of what I did wrong and I looked back on that and thought I think she interpreted my behaviors and my intentions incorrectly but I can see what she was saying and the other one just flatly refused to tell me at all what went wrong and the and also told some untruths about uh, me as well and so I had to step back from that and decide that it was about her and Mm -hmm. not about me and that I'm actually better off not being friends with somebody who doesn't understand me and I think that that's one of the things that I've 
been able to do is I've been able to say, okay, well, well, I'm really glad that's over then because that person doesn't get me or understand me. They're not, they're not um, somebody that I should be spending my effort on if, if they don't understand me. So I sort of, I can put that full stop on by saying, you know, it's okay. There'll be, there's good stuff to come out of this or it's for the best anyway. And then, you know, moving, moving on. Yeah. And I think that's where almost, it, it's almost mirroring forgiveness. Yeah, because that's it's what like I was thinking. you're saying, it's like similar. not you're not holding it against them. They don't they don't get you, and you're like it's like you're saying you're you're okay with that, and you'll just move on. And that I guess yeah, I think maybe forgiveness is a whole show in itself because mm. I could talk about that for ages. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing about forgiveness or accepting the past is then you have to look towards the future. Mm. So when you are starting new friendships or relationships or whatever it is look at it look at the positive potential that could come from this rather than the negative so rather than starting a new relationship thinking I wonder how this will end how am I going to get hurt this time it's like you know clean slate what is the potential this could be amazing let's just see where it goes Mm. um and this person is a different person than the last person I had a relationship with yeah Um, and that I am a different person when I'm with this person to the person I was when I was with that person as well so mm -hmm. everything is different yeah and I think you need to recognize if you can't give yourself honestly and fully to a relationship so if you find that you're not being authentic or you're comparing your new partner with your old partner if you feel like you're kind of getting over controlling because you haven't dealt with that stuff in the past it's okay to stop that like maybe try not having a relationship for a while be on your own kind of process that stuff that's already happened and then come back to it and look if you're really honest with someone and you say look there's this stuff that keeps showing up for me and I think there's something unresolved from my last relationship and I need to sort that out. And can I give you a call back in a month when (laughs) I've worked through it? Because right now it's going to just destroy our relationship. Like it's much better saying that than just Mm. plowing on head down and hoping it goes away. So I think you have to be honest with yourself and be prepared to stop a relationship if you feel like the baggage is interfering. I had a friend who did this recently, but from in the reverse way. She was in a relationship and the person that she was in the relationship with was had not dealt with things that had happened in their past and she recognised that and she said, we, we need to not be together until you sort out what, what it is that you're, you've been carrying with you and she ended the relationship because uh, she recognised that he had so much past relationship clutter and uh, even childhood and past experience clutter that it wasn't going to work for them and she couldn't be with him until he worked it out himself. That's really gutsy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Would have been hard too because if you really like a person, you kind of, part of you always feels like you can fix them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, she's a very smart lady. (laughs) Mm. Or you think that it'll be different with you, like once they understand that you're not that person. Mm. But actually it's not. That's the thing. From the outside looking in, it's not about the person. It's about their past. It wouldn't matter who you are. Mm. If they haven't resolved that issue from their past, it will show up at mm. some point. That's right. um, and I guess one way to avoid that is by giving yourself time to heal and grieve. If you've gone through a relationship and it's not ended well or you've been hurt or you've been 
you know, lied to or whatever, like give yourself a chance to grieve that disconnect from that relationship. Think about, you know, what caused it, take all the steps you need to heal. And the other thing is then once you've kind of gone through that, like be okay with communicating about it. So if you go into a relationship and someone does something that triggers you from your previous, previous experiences, tell them, say, you know what, the reason I'm, you know, getting really narky right now is because this is what showed up in my previous relationship. And now you're, you know, you're pressure, pushing on that pain point or whatever you might, you know, however you might want to phrase it to give people an understanding that that's where it's coming from. So they don't feel like it's necessarily directed at them, that mm. it's just come, come from your past. Yeah. And that you're at least, you know, acknowledging it and you might not be able to help that behavior or prevent that behavior sometimes, but you can explain that behavior. And that's often just, and that's enough for people a lot of the time. Yeah. And then let them or give them the permission to call you out on it. So Mm. if I'm trying to think of an example, if you were getting really narky when your partner came home late, uh, without letting you know, whether it be late from work, late from footy on the weekend, whatever it is, um, without letting you know, because previously you were cheated on and now you get that anxiety that rises up, that fear and that um, worry that shows up when someone's late because you think, what are they doing? This shouldn't have taken them so long. Where are they? Who are they with? Tell your partner that. Tell them how you feel and why you feel that way. And then give them permission to call you out on it. So if they get home late from footy um, because there was heaps of traffic and you jump straight down their throat and go, where were you? Who were you with? What's going on? Tell me the truth. They can call you out and go, hey, look, this is there was heaps of traffic. I'm sorry I didn't call, but, you know, like this is your past showing up and I think we need to, you know, step away from it before we say something that either of us regret. And that's the thing. When you give permission to call you out on your crap, <laughs> um, uh, it's easier for them to do it because they can see it and they know it's coming. And it's also easier for you to hear and recognize how it's showing up and when it's showing up. So, yeah, that's good. That communication is really helpful. Yeah. And look, quite often, if it's something within a romantic relationship, it could be helpful to get a counselor or someone external to help facilitate those discussions. Cause quite often you are being very vulnerable um, and maybe you can't even talk on the same plane. You need someone to almost translate your mm. triggers and explain them in a way the other person understands. So sometimes having a third person there can be really helpful for that. Yeah, it just smooths out all of the um, emotional bumps. Yeah, definitely. Um, patience is something that's really important if you want to avoid the baggage affecting your relationships either be patient with yourself to heal and recover before you start new stuff or um, be patient with with partners or friends if they have to gently feel their way into relationships because there's wounds from old ones you need to ask yourself if you're willing to be patient and wait for someone to heal or grow into the relationship and if you're not that's okay too but I think you need to kind of ask yourself the question rather than sticking your head in the sand mm-hmm. And prepare yourselves for unpredictable relationships, I guess. Most relationships don't run in a neat, smooth line. They can be messy. And so things might show up for you in this relationship that have never shown up before because there's a scenario that shows up 
or that happens that triggers something from a long time ago. Um, And you've got to allow for that. So I guess just be kind to yourself and keep the communication open, talk about it. And when you feel like you need to pull back, pull back. Um, If you feel like you need to dive in, dive in, you know, but, Mm. but don't expect things to be quite like a Hallmark movie and go in one neat line. Yeah. Yep. Nothing's ever like that. Nothing's no. ever like the movies. Especially not uh, the not the um rom-coms anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, true. And lastly, I'd say try and look at evidence in the new situation. So try and drop that old lens. So like we keep using the scenario of if there was infidelity in your past relationship, Stop trying to look for evidence of that in your new relationship too. Try and treat your new relationship as a completely new relationship. Um, Get rid of the old lens. And I know that's really easy to say and can be quite hard to do. But stop trying to interpret things based on the facts from your previous relationship. Look at this relationship with its own uh, Mm. own facts and own evidence and try and try and put that stuff aside. Yeah. Look for the look for the positive things and also look for look for new good things as well so things that you didn't have in in that past relationship that would have helped you recognize that that they exist in the current one and know that you actually have some of the solutions right now that you were looking for back in that past relationship too yeah so I guess kind of to round it out a lot of it just comes from awareness and and it's a lot easier to understand that when you look back previous relationships and start noticing the patterns and certainly for me with my friend stuff that was not when I was living it I didn't think about it quite as deeply probably as I do now because I can see the patterns and how they've shown up again and again so maybe if you find yourself in a uh, situation where a lot of your relationships are failing maybe sit down and look backwards and see if you can pick up any of those patterns and then try and trace where that comes from Mm. because um, it could be really helpful for you going forward. I was was just reminded of an example for for me which doesn't exist anymore but definitely did and I was bullied in high school by my friends. So not by people that hated me or that I hated but by my actual friends and I still remember having adult friendships and um, I remember even as recently as 10 years ago, you know, going to meet somebody to have a coffee and they're not there. And my first thought is they've tricked me. They've tricked me so that I'm sitting here and they're laughing at home because I'm sitting here waiting for them. That obviously was not rational and it was not what was happening but it was from what used to happen in school when they would trick me into making an idiot of myself or doing something stupid or eating something that had something gross in it they would trick me and then all laugh at me and so it carried on and when when I was and it was always if people weren't turning up that was when it would trigger so it would trigger a real severe anxiety for me at the time and then they would turn up and it would all be good and but I I carried that with me for a really long time and um, it didn't cause any problems in my relationships as far as I can tell but it caused me a significant moment of panic relatively frequently uh, and it you know it wasn't it wasn't all that good so the the self-care that I needed was building my my trust 
that 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 my adult friends were not like my childhood friends and that I was actually liked and I was you know worthy of of the friendship and so that self-esteem and that self-worth thing is really important as well and the only that was the only thing that stopped that anxiety was me going no they like me because I'm worthy of being liked and I'm worthy of their friendship and they're not going to do something awful to me because you know they like me and um, they like me because I'm worthy so it's sort of that was the self-esteem thing was the thing that helped me in that situation. I think that is a brilliant point to end on if you've got a great relationship with yourself or if you work on having a good relationship with yourself that is going to be the best foundation for any of your future relationships going forward okay so if you would like to unload like tara and i have done today <laughs> i did more than i expected i, I said to tara, i've got nothing to talk about from past relationships blah, blah, blah. so it shows what i knew and so if you would like to to talk about uh, your past relationship clutter and 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 work it out and maybe come to our group for a little bit of love we will help you with that in our facebook community group everybody's really lovely and supportive in there so if you need to talk about that uh, you will find a really caring audience there and uh, we will see you next week thanks for joining us we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered if you'd like to connect with us you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com